Hey, welcome to Redgate and Wolf. We are an actual play monster of the week podcast. I am your host and keeper, Sarah, and joining me today is Sean. Hi, I'm Sean, and I play Angus McCree, the monstrous. And my current favorite player, Celeste. Oh, what have I done to earn such an honor? You're not Sean. <laughs> Fair enough. Hello, my name is Celeste, and I play Marie Redgate, the Crooked. When last we met, these chuckleheads slept in some kind of quantum accelerator and woke up in 1999. Get it? It's quantum leap reference. I'm not old, you're old. Finding themselves in Hendrix, then known as Springfield, and supposedly married, they went looking for answers. Instead, they found more questions. They did, however, make allies of fellow hunters, Deputy Winters and Mavis the Librarian. The most startling revelation of all is where we pick up. And the door is kicked in, and the being which you know as Meadows strides in, replete in shining armour, and says to you, which one of you is the demon I am here to banish? What do you do? Uh, Marie would probably just be like slack-jawed and uh, look over to Deputy Winters. Uh, who? Who's this? Is this a friend of yours? Uh, yeah, this is... This is Eremitha. Come down, Eri, come down. Angus is just kind of look quickly over to Marie and just kind of take a half step back. Yeah, you know, I'm pretty sure uh, neither of us need to be banished. Um, that name's quite a mouthful. You should consider going by something like shorter, maybe leaf, meadow, something like that. What your mouth, mortal? As she strides forwards and inhales deeply from the two of you and frowns. This is strange. The whole town reeks of demons, not these two. Aye, we're not from around here. Well, I mean, we're kind of from around here, but like, so you seem well-versed in demon knowledge. Uh, do any of them, like, dabble in time stuff? Time? I care not for the passage of time, only for the vanquishing of my sworn enemies. You know, that's great. I can appreciate that. I respect that. What about if one of your sworn enemies is messing with time? That would be troubling, but I do not feel that it is something any of them possess. And she turns to Deputy Winters and Mavis and she says, Allies, summon me once you have found the demon. I will return then. And she turns on her heel and marches out of the library. Angus looks at Deputy Winters and Mavis. What was that then? Who's that? Uh, don't mind her. She's just some godly minion or something who comes in and helps us vanquish demons. Seriously, we've had vampires before and she's taken one look at them and turned around and left us to it. Only demons. Not, not really sure what her deal is. Oh, seems like you got put up the problem here. You could say that. Stan is quite the nexus. You got demons, vampires, and apparently angelic beings just walking around. Is there anything else we need to know? Is there a monster in the woods? The Loch Ness Master, perhaps, in the river? 
Well, dear, we're, we're not sure what's in the river. We, we don't think it's Loch Ness. Uh, Nessie is in Scotland, after all. Angus just gives her a look of long-suffering. The monsters don't tend to wander around in view of the public, at least. And if they do, we call upon Eremetha, and she helps us by wiping their memories. Ah, fat lot of good that did. Removing some memories. To explain why, I mean, gas leak can only go so far. Especially when there's actually not much gas in Springfield. I mean, are there any mines around? You could, uh... It's like fumes from minerals there or something. That's a different problem, though. Um, fumes from minerals. It doesn't have to make sense. It just has to be believable enough for them to believe it. Yeah, I found the general population tend to be quite stupid and willing to believe almost anything. Sure does make my job a bit easier. And by job, I mean the after-hours one, not the daytime job. Yeah, the um, lumberjacking. I really don't know what you mean, and I'm getting a little bit concerned. Aren't you supposed to be married to him and pregnant? I forgot about that. <laughs> um, about that. No. No. Uh, no. You said two statements, I said two no's. So you're not married and or pregnant? Uh, definitely no to the first one. Probably no on the second one. Probably no. We just went through, like, a time vortex or something. Who knows what else happened? Oh, not with me? Yeah, hopefully not with you. And he just wipes his face with a hand. Anyway, back on the topic at hand. What's going on with the demons? Well, I, I don't really know what's going on with the demons, um... Yeah, it just gets a bee in a bonnet whenever there might be, you know, whenever she gets a whiff of uh, demonic stink. Why do we meet with them again? To see if we could go back to our time, I believe. Oh. I thought it was to talk about monsters and stuff, because that's what you talk to them about in, in the office. I thought so. I suppose it was, wasn't it? We know it's probably not a demon that caused us to, um, bloop, into this time. So, do either of you have any experience? Maybe Mavis? Do you know of anything that might, um, shift times? Create vortexes or something around people? Um, not off the top of my head, but, um, leave it to me. I have, uh, a lot of information and lore at my fingertips. And she kind of gestures to the library around you. Yeah, real. Real treasure trove that you have to go through manually. Sounds like fun. This is just the tip of the iceberg, dear. Wait until you see what's downstairs. That's where I keep the real interesting books. <laughs> You're so mature. Well, we'll have to keep that in mind for uh, whenever we get back to the present day. If we get back there. Hey, positive outlook. It's at this point that Deputy Winter's radio gives a crackle to life and he excuses himself to take the call. You and Mavis make polite pleasantries for a minute when he returns and he frowns at Mavis and he says, Oh, there's been a report of another one. Oh dear, have they found any of them yet? 
He just shakes his head in reply. Well, it was uh, good meeting you folks. I'll uh, catch you later, maybe. Uh, keep your noses clean. Mavis gives her a little peck on the cheek and departs. Oh, You're so mature. They're totally, like, kissing and stuff. That's his sister. Is it? Wait, what? How what? did you get that? <laughs> Wait, what? Made you pause, didn't it? <laughs> what are you even saying? He's just saying words. Words are just coming out of his mouth. Usually happens. He's projecting and says. No. Hey, it was a peck on the cheek. Sorry, there was another, what was there another of? Can you be fill us in? Maybe help out? Depending on what it is. Oh, well, it's just there's been a, f- a few people have gone missing from town lately. Except the last couple of months. Why? Hmm. Just some homeless people. Um, reports of, you know, people who don't really have many ties to society. Andrew has said that there are many loose ends and no one seems to care. So he is the only one who is actually actively looking for these people. Has you're a, has Meadow ever come before these reports? I'm sorry, Meadow, who? The armored lady. Has she ever showed up? Where in Mesa? Whatever, it's a long name. Has she ever showed up? before saying that there were like demon smells before people were reported missing well yes i mean she's been coming to this town on and off for the past year so yeah but like specifically like she did tonight where she said that she smelled demons and like she had to vanquish them and then you could report someone went missing oh you think there's a correlation well i mean if there's a pattern it might be worth looking into I mean, I guess she has turned up a couple of times, and it seemed to be false alarms, but she doesn't always report in to us. She tends to work on her own a lot. Bit of a loner. Oh, I can appreciate that. So is there, like, a way to get in touch with her, or is she just sort of, like, coming and going as she pleases? I mean, praying seems to help. Specifically to her, not to um, any particular god. Andrew often yells her name and cusses her out. That sometimes works. The two of them don't get along, you see. That one sounds like a lot more my style. I'll keep that in mind. Is she not tied to the church and the town? Now that you mention it's quite interesting, we're not actually sure which god or deity she belongs to. She seems to be um, quite a free spirit, doing as she pleases. Sounds a bit dangerous. Well, yes, except for the fact she only goes after demons. That you know of. Well, the ones we have seen her take down, I can confirm they were indeed of the demonic variety. Aye. She doesn't seem like the predator type. That's what seems like might be taken. The people in this town, picking off those who are the other weak or vulnerable. I mean, I don't think she would go after the vulnerable. Um, she would definitely go after the demons, and the demons are more likely to go after the vulnerable. Where was the last attack? 
The last demon attack? It's been a few months. But like I said, and like you asked earlier, um, Eremitha has been in and out uh, a couple of times recently, but hasn't been able to locate or pinpoint any demon. She says that Springfield stinks. Oh, uh, well, contains the stench of demons. Quick question. When we knew Eremitha as Meadow, she smoked weed, right? You saw her partake with Jackson, yes? Cool. Um, I know, you know, it's pretty, you know, faux pas here, but uh, in our time, you know, marijuana is quite common and legal. Uh, Meadow seemed to, Iramitha seemed to like it. Uh, do you know any, like, suppliers? Yeah, isn't it legal in the States now? Did I dream that? Is only California still? And Washington? I thought it was countrywide legal. I think it's a few states. God damn it, what? Get on Canada's level. Yeah, I know, man. We're trying to get there. Fuck, well, that just changes everything. <laughs> I was going based on Canadian knowledge. Rewind. So you're asking the 40-something Liberian if the, they know who the local dealers are? Yes, absolutely. Okay, do you want to ask that again without the whole, it's legal everywhere in America in our time, but... Yeah. Now, I know things are, like, different in, in this time, but it's kind of, like, not as frowned upon anymore in, in current times. You know, marijuana use and all that. And, you know, Iremitha, Meadow, she seemed to like it, kind of. So do you know where maybe we could get some? Maybe help her calm down or something? You want to roll and manipulate? Oh, no. <laughs> I mean, I don't really know how Mavis would react to that. I want to see how um, the dice think Mavis would react to that request. She reacts so well. That's a 13. Dang. Oh, dear. Are you asking the middle-aged Liberian for the local dealer? You'll have to excuse her. She can be a bit blunt to what she needs for once. Oh, no, I, I know exactly one. I mean, some of us are um, needing it for medicinal purposes. She kind of gives Marie a knowing look. Yeah, stress levels. And then she gives you the address for the Hendersons. Oh, that's going to be kind of awkward. We kind of, like, cased her place earlier. Hopefully she doesn't recognize us when we go asking for stuff. Oh, well, well, I only go because she's a struggling single mother and I just wanted to support her. So she's not the dealer in town. She just kind of takes pity on a, a arthritic woman. Yeah, you got to support the small local businesses, of course. Exactly. Well, that carpool tunnel and typing. It's like really late, isn't it? It's like 2 a.m. or midnight. Yeah, it's like somewhere in the evening. Oh, you, yeah, it could be going around midnight. Perhaps we should stop by tomorrow. It's getting into the wee hours. Uh, yeah, Mavis, thank you very much for your information. I will not abuse it. And we should probably go. Have fun with your uh, research. Of course, dear. See you tomorrow. And we leave. Okay, so you guys head back to the Springfield Tavern.
Anything you want to do or discuss before we jump to the next day? Well, that was weird. It was, but it also kind of wasn't. What about that was not weird? Our entire situation's weird. I feel like asking who the drug dealers are from the librarians, just, you know, they're dropping the bucket at that point. Why? Uh, before a bunking down, we already searched the room, didn't we? Can we look again for, like, magic-y things? For magic things? I don't know, things that might explain why we have been displaced? Sure, roll investigate a mystery. Angus, do you want to roll? Do you want me to roll? Are you going to be, like, useful at all? Or just going to make Marie do all the work? Or, you know? I, I, I hate everything about you. It's not really an answer to my question, so, like, drop me to roll, or are you going to roll? Hush, woman, I rolled. A ten, a success. Okay, hold two. What happened here? Okay, what happened here? So you spend some time in examining the room, and you find a trail of salt that goes around the master bed, and a line that leads from that bed to... Angus's bed in the spare room. You can surmise that some kind of magic took the two of you back in time, and salt was one component of that magic ritual. So someone purposely did this to you. I relate such information to Murray. You know, um, now might be a good time to tell you that I uh, maybe saw an old friend of mine uh, last night but like 20 or so years in the future. 20 or so years in the future from when we were? Or no, from now? From now the, what should be the present, but is now the future. This is really hard to explain. So like where we were at Hendrix, the Watchtower Tavern, the night before we came back to Springfield, in the Springfield Tavern, I maybe saw an old friend who I thought was dead. And where did you see them? You know, they maybe were around the uh, the alleyway behind the tavern, potentially. If I saw right, maybe it was just like a weird trick of the light. It's really hard to say. Well, I'd say that's pretty relevant, don't you think? decided to say this for now and not mention it then. You know, I didn't want to make a big deal out of it. I thought maybe it could just, like, you know... Well, we're 20 years in the past. It is a big deal. Well, it is now. That's why I'm saying it now. It just didn't seem like a big deal then when, you know, it was just maybe I saw something that wasn't actually there. And everything you've seen so far, you don't think that's something you thought might have been there that maybe wasn't important? Weird things happen in Hendrix all the time. I don't know if it was just some weird, like, time bird parasite thing. You know, it's weird. Time bird parasite? What? I'm pretty sure that's a thing that exists. Um, But I didn't think the two were related. But now this makes it sound like they're kind of related. Oh, I clearly. I have another question, right? Yes, you do. Where did it go? By it, you mean 
Marie's phantom boyfriend. Hey, he wasn't a boyfriend. It was never like that. So a habit of killing people. You know, Hendrix, Jax, this guy. You know, I don't feel that that's really relevant. I think that's kind of like some called for maybe a little bit. Also, yeah, they didn't die. That we know of. <laughs> Jump spoilers? The only one that died was the vampire guy who, maybe he's not even a vampire. Who knows? I'm sorry, when you say vampire guy, the audience is going to think Jax. That's fair. Maybe you should give your friend the name you gave him. <laughs> that means I have to check what it was. I think it was Daniel. Was it Daniel or Gabriel? It was Daniel. Was it Daniel? Okay. You know, the only one that I know died was Daniel. Maybe he's not dead. Maybe he's undead. You never know. We'll never know. Based on what is available in the room, you have no way of knowing where it, Marie's past friend, went. Well, this is most concerning. We've been sent back in time for reasons unknown. It could involve some mysterious men from your past. How many mysterious men do you have in your past? I mean, it's been number three now. Is it number three? Well, there was Jax. And there's Daniel was the third one. I'm drawing a blank. I think he's mentioning Hendrix as a possible link to a past. But Hendrix isn't from Marie's past. Hendrix from whatever the, the hell that Stone did. I'm going to point out that since Hendrix came from the past, he could very well be from Marie's past. Some distant relation, ancestor. Acquaintance after waking up in a bed surrounded by salt. Reckon. What were we talking about? What was, <laughs> what was being discussed? Angus asked uh, how many more long-lost lovers has Marie had keep, you know, turning up and trying to kill us. Again, I will clarify. There was one of the one. One of those that you guys know of. Look, man, I don't, I don't know. It's just bad habit. But um, Daniel was the guy that I um thought I saw. Um, so you said you had like history with vampires, right? Do you know of any like of, of groups, covens, whatever what are they're called? I don't think uh, Angus ever did. He not? Nope. Oh, yeah, we were just talking about werewolves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Unless you were eavesdropping on his phone conversation? Yeah, probably not. I think I'm confusing Jackson with this, because he worked with vampires. Uh, yeah, but Daniel, um, sort of, uh, lost touch with him after trying to rob some house. Uh, I didn't go too well. You get out of touch with him or up in the house. Yeah, it's like we went in together and then uh, I left and he kind of didn't. Well, that doesn't sound good at all. Yeah, apparently that house was like um some super, uh like, hold on, let me check my backstory. <laughs> How do I remember your backstory and you don't? Well, because I have two different, like, houses that I robbed, and one was the vampires and one was a different one. Both went badly. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, if you spend a luck point, I got another person who can turn up. No, 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 no. 
Yeah, you know, when he um, sort of didn't come out and, like, there was no reports of, like, you know, dead body, did some digging into um, who we were robbing. And uh, turns out that, you know, they're sort of vampires. I guess stiffened slightly. You're robbing vampires? Are you daft? You see, I understand that thought. I didn't know those existed when we went in. But yeah, looking back, probably not the best move. Why? You gotta say that again. Yeah, that's probably not the best move. Well, regardless, we're here now. We have to figure out what the tie-in with your friend Daniel is. But how we got here. Clearly there's some kind of magic. The soap around our beds. Maybe Mr. Ephraim would know you could give him a call. I don't think that's a good idea. Look, I'm sure he's an understanding guy. He might be totally cool with it. Why? Unfortunately, I'm supposed to be in Mongolia right now, not America. At least in this time. So me calling from here might raise a couple of red flags. One, you have a great memory. Like, you remember where you were at 20 years? That's impressive. Two, didn't I say to, like, explain the situation that you're from the future and stuff? I don't know if that will go over well. Doesn't hurt to try, right? I think perhaps we should just derail ourselves for right now. Well, I mean, if that's what you think. Aye, for the nods. In the meantime, I think we should brush as much salt away from the beds as we can. Should we go down and ask for a vacuum? Would that be weird? Ah, uh, three o'clock in the morning. I think they'd take a scription to that. Yeah, you might be right. I guess kind of moves around out of the, you know, other rooms, looking for a closet that perhaps holds a broom. You go looking for a broom? I'll, I'll say you find a broom. Is there a lint roller? <laughs> oh, sure. So Marie is going to be lint rolling the carpet while Angus is trying to sweep carpet. We'll say you guys spend some time disturbing the salt. Does anything happen? No. Uh, yeah, once the salt's mostly cleared away, go to bed. Okay. Yes. No, no, no. You can go to your own bed. Y- yes. You guys go to sleep in your separate beds and wake up the next morning, pretty late in the morning, since you guys went to bed pretty late. How did you sleep? Probably pretty rough. Yeah, we closed our eyes. We lost consciousness for a bit. Probably some REM. Losing your religion. Yeah. Okay, so you guys wake up late in the morning. What are you doing on this fine, wintry day in Springfield on day two of your newlywed life? That is a great question. Perhaps we should go see Deputy Winters and ask about the missing person. We could do that, or we could... um Go to Sasha and, uh... Oh, yeah, so you can score your bag. Hey, it'll be to calm down Meadow, okay? She seems really uptight now. Ah, uh, you got that right. Are we splitting the party? I mean, it only seems natural. It's what we do. But who will set the trap? <laughs> Scooby. Let's follow Angus first. Where are you going, Angus? To the sheriff's office. 
Okay, so you go to the sheriff's office. There are a couple of people looking very harried, working feverishly in the bullpit. Now, is it bullpen or bullpit? Because I was listening back to it the other day, and I was like, I'm pretty sure I should have said bullpen. No, bullpit. Bullpit, okay. You see Deputy Winters emerge from Sheriff Whitehall's office. He shuts the door behind him. He looks pissed. Deputy Winters? Angus gives a little wave. He looks up, takes him a moment to recognize you, composes his features, and he comes up to him and he says, Morning. I was wondering if I could have a word about the missing persons. Yeah. Deacon Mavis told you about that. Do I? Well, I guess we could have a chat. He looks around, sees his colleagues, and decides to lead you outside to the car parking area. Fishes out his packet of cigarettes and offers you one. Angus shakes his head. Shrugs. Lights went up. I'm only going to talk to you because, uh, well, you know the truth. And uh, no one else seems to care about these missing people. So uh, what is it you want to know? Yes, there's some kind of pattern. Mavis has mentioned it's mostly the homeless, or those who have no other ties. Yeah, it seems that uh, those who won't be missed are the ones that were missing, for the most part. Are they just up and vanish? Seems that way. Been around the old lady land bridge to where the main group of homeless people are, and um, one moment they were there, the next they uh, wandered off. Did they actually see them wander off? They just get up and walk away? Oh... That's where the story tends to fall down, because um, you see some of these people have been uh, using substances, so I uh, can't rightly tell my boss that um, one of them flew away. Um, Just doesn't seem credible. But the only thing that is consistent is that the people were there one day, and then the next day they weren't. Is it all over there by the Lady Lamb Bridge, then? Or is it throughout the town? Well, that's uh, where the homeless are missing from. We've had a few reports of uh, other petty criminals from town seem to have disappeared as well. People just don't seem to care, though. It's just seen as, well, just the trash has been taken out, so to speak, and uh, crime rates are down. So it's all been brushed under the rug. In fact, I've been ordered to stop looking into these missing bill reports. Oh? Why's that? Well, much like the uh, excuses we come up with, like the gas leaks, the uh, sheriff is coming up with excuses of his own. Like it's part of the Cleaning Up Springfield initiative where we are apparently moving homeless off the streets and uh, sending petty criminals packing, supposedly. That all seems right. Tell me about it. How often does this happen? Can't rightly say. Obviously not everyone has been reported missing who goes missing. Is uh, We only know of those who have someone who notices them, basically. It started out um, 
you know, one here, one there, and just seemed pretty routine, and it's just been stepping up uh, the closer we've been getting to New Year's. So it's increased as we get towards the New Year's then? Uh-huh. Anything else out of the ordinary? I'm afraid there's a lot of things out of the ordinary in Springfield. You might have to be a bit more specific. Aye, aye. What about animals? Cats, dogs, livestock? Untouched, as far as I know. It's just the humans. Perhaps the town should move the homeless away from the bridge, if that's where they're getting taken from. Well, I mean, I could probably pose the argument to the boss that maybe we should clean up, actually clean up the homeless like he says we're doing. But I'm not really sure where we'd put them. We don't exactly have any shelters. Aye, that would be the problem. I mean, there aren't too many of them, but uh, their numbers have been thinned. Aye, I call another herd. And the uh, general population, the upstanding citizens, uh, don't seem to care. Finishes his cigarette, flicks it off to the side, and he says, oh, I think my break's up, so um, if you can help, I'd appreciate it. But i got to get back to the... Aye, you give me some good information. I appreciate it. Keep your head down. I intend to. Marie, you head towards the rundown apartment building, roughly the centre of town. You see that everything looks pretty much the same as it did yesterday. Those curtains in that front corner apartment are pulled tight. What do you do? What days of the week is it? Would it be a weekday? The kid be home? Ah, shit. I'm going to have to look at a calendar for 1999. I mean, even back in 1999, they had, like, a Monday, a Tuesday. Yeah, but I don't want to say something, and then that be a whole week away from, like, New Year's or whatever. I mean, there's several Mondays, Tuesdays, Wednesdays. Doesn't that to be specific? Yeah, but we've established that it's, like, 29th or 30th of December of 1999, so we've got to keep that accurate, right? can't remember when I said you guys were, we were leaving. Damn it! I've worked myself into a corner. We'll say it's the Thursday, so the 30th of December. One more night until New Year's Eve. Well, New Year's Eve is tomorrow. Uh, I will walk up then and knock on the door. Okay, well, so you easily get through the main door to the apartment building itself. Or is there a buzzer then? Sure, there is a buzzer. You buzz the buzzer, I assume? It might be better to just break the door, honestly. She might not let me up if I talk to her. Up to you. What do you do? Is this how you buy your marijuana in Canada? I don't buy marijuana in Canada, or anywhere, for that matter. Fascinating. Straight edge, you know? I shall buzz the buzzer. Uh, you buzz the buzzer? There is no immediate answer. I shall try the door. Is it locked? It swings open at the touch. All right, so the uh, the door swings open at the touch. I shall go to whatever floor she would be on. Ground floor. Like the first door once you walk in. 
Oh, that seems safe. I will knock. No answer. I try the door. Is it locked? Yes. Oh. I knock again, but louder. A few moments later, you hear um, someone approach the other side of the door. The door does not open or anything. Knock again. You hear a voice on the other side of the door say, Um, Sasha's not home at the moment. Okay, well, where is she? Uh, Mavis told me to find her for something. Um, she's she's at the su- supermarket. Alright, do you know when she'll be back? No, maybe in a couple of hours. A couple hours? For supermarket in the next town over? Um, yeah, well, she might be at work. What do you mean, might be? Doesn't she have a schedule? Does she work at the supermarket? Um, can you please come back later? Hey, look, I'm sorry. It's kind of hard to hear you through the door. Can you maybe just, like, crack it open a bit? Roll to manipulate. Probably should have done that before I (laughs) got aggressive with them. All right, all right. That's a nine. It's a mixed success. They'll do it, but only if you do something for them right now to show that you mean it. That I mean what? <laughs> Going by the voice, you assume that um, you're talking to Joel. I'm, I'm not supposed to open the door to strangers. Well, hey, do you know Driller Librarian Mavis? Yeah. And she, she knows your mom, right? Mm-hmm. Well, you see, I know Mavis, so I kind of know your mom. I mean, I guess. Trust me, once I talk to Mom, she'll, she won't be mad at you. Like, you're not going to be in trouble. It'll be fine. You hear someone unlock the door, and the door opens a crack. It seems the chain is still in play here, but uh, you can see through the crack in the door. The small apartment on the inside is cramped, filled with all sorts of shit, and quite dirty. And you can see Joel peering up at you. I I said she's not here. She she might be at the supermarket. While he's looking up at you, he's unable to look you in the eye. Keeps looking off to the side. Hey, you know what? That's that's okay. But um, like I really want to talk to her. Is it fine if I wait inside? Like I can make you breakfast or something. Do you have groceries here? Do you know how to make pancakes? You know I can give it a shot. They might not be good, but I can make them. Oh, okay, well, that's what syrup's for, right? If they're not that great. You hear his tummy growl. Hang on. And he shuts the door, and you hear the chain being unlocked, and he opens the door again fully, steps aside for you to enter. Go inside, straight to the kitchen. Probably no groceries, are there? There are some. Enough to make pancakes. There's some milk. There's hot dogs, there's some old Wonder Bread, a couple of little mandarins. You've uh, rooted through the pantry and are able to pull out some expired flour. You're not sure what the expiry date for the eggs were, but they're there. He just stands in the doorway to the kitchen, quietly watching you. Every so often, uh, keeps glancing off to the side. I'm real, make sure the door is... Locked again, you know, the chain's back on, because the lobby door is not locked, and not to be creepy, she just wants to make sure that no one... <laughs> she finds that he's already done that. 
Cool. Seems to be safety conscious. Oh, yeah. Just let some random woman in. Hey, she's gonna make them pancakes. Um, we'll do the, the, the egg float test. See how, if the eggs are still good to use. Fill a glass with water, put the eggs in. One of them might be. The rest, like, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> but you only need one, right? Yeah, so these pancakes might not be, like, big pancakes, just to warn you how to work with what I got here. Upside, anyone you don't like, anyone bugs you at school, throw these eggs at them. Work out fine. Or you'll try to make pancakes. Accent of pressure. Could be worse. That's a seven, which is also a mixed success. Worse outcome, hard choice, or price to pay. Can I take harm? Like I burn myself on the stove, but the pancakes still kind of turn out all right. My God, poison the child. I don't want to poison the child. Okay, so by the time these pancakes have been made and are on, on a plate on the table with the maple syrup, they are perfectly fine pancakes. However, Marie does suffer one harm from that epic burn she got from trying to use her her fingers instead of the spatula or whatever it is she uses to pick up the pancakes with from the fry pan. Oh, come on. She's not that bad. If anything, she'd be like trying to do the fancy like flip with the pan and then like kind of drop the pan on and try to catch it. That's equally as dumb, but like less dumb. Okay, sure. You do the dumb thing and get a burn. Burn! How long were you waiting for that? (laughs) Joel politely waits for you to finish administering your burn before eating. Is the mom home yet? (laughs) No. Oh, fuck. How long do you think it takes to make pancakes? Look, Marie's not good at cooking. She dropped a pan on her arm and burned herself. So he is uh, chowing on down on those pancakes, and after uh, a moment, he looks you straight in the eye, and he says, My mum didn't come home last night. Oh. Or the night before. How many nights has she um, not, not been here? He shrugs his little shoulders. Maybe four. And did she tell you um, where she was going? No, but she goes out a lot. I mean, sometimes she's gone for a night or two, but this is the longest she's been gone. All right. Um, do you want to go on a walk? Walk somewhere? Maybe get some groceries? I don't have any money for groceries. Yeah, it's fine. You're a kid. I got you covered. Okay. He puts his plate and his empty glass on the countertop in the kitchen. And he goes and he grabs his school bag, puts it on. Are you on winter break or something? Shouldn't you be in class? Um, mum says I don't have to go to school. Yeah, you know, sometimes school's not important. You could learn a trade. Don't need to be book smart as long as you're good with your hands or something. But uh, your age, you probably should be in school. Anyways, let's go to the grocery store. Okay. Can I get apples? Sure. Those are healthy enough, I think. So you guys head off to the grocery store. Yeah, and can I try to observe how people are reacting to seeing this kid with a different with a woman who's like not his mom? Like do they even notice? 
no one seems to notice. They don't bat an eyelid at you or at him. Ooh. When you get to the grocery store, though, he is greeted by name. So it looks like he has come here on occasions by himself. Town sucks. You know, buy him like a couple apples, uh, more eggs. <laughs> um, yeah, just ge- general general groceries. Uh, hey, stroll right? Yeah. Uh, you know, my friend is actually talking with Deputy Winters. Do you mind if we swing by there? That's the big guy of the kill. Hey. Uh, that's my friend. Yeah, not not Deputy Winters. I don't think Deputy Winters wears a kilt. No. I mean, I mean your friend. I'm not supposed to talk to him, Pretty Winters. Oh, and um, why? Mummy says he's a bad man, and he'll take um me away from him if I speak to him. And you wouldn't, you wouldn't want that. Well, we would. He take me. I mean, you can always ask him. What if he's lying? Mummy always says that the police, I mean, they are lying and they trick people. And they can't be trusted. Well, maybe some of them do. But I trust Deputy Winters. I think he's, I think he's one that you can trust. And uh, he's a good one. Okay, if I agree to talk to Deputy Winters, can I have a chocolate bar? Oh, kids are so easy. <laughs> hey, what did he roll to manipulate a person? Yeah, yeah, where's his manipulation roll? He's a cute kid. The keeper does not roll. And in theory, he would be getting himself manipulated because he's telling her what she needs to do in order to be manipulated. Yes. This is just driving home how, like, not good with kids. Well, I think you're doing pretty well, but everyone else in, in the text chat seems to think you're grooming him for bad, bad things. Well, like, out of context, it's like, yeah, this kid lets some random woman into his place, like, accepted food from her, is letting himself be bribed. Hey, deep down, he's a man, and the way to a man is through his stomach. Don't say that in this context. I'm sorry. How about I get you two chocolate bars if when we get back to your place, we do some chores? Sound like a deal? I don't clean toilets. Well, we'll have to see about that, and I'll be holding on to this extra chocolate bar. Aww. Yeah, I'm just kidding. So where are you guys headed? Sheriff's office. Okay, okay. Angus, where would you be by this time? Angus would have started walking towards uh, the Hendersons' abode. Okay, so in theory, you guys... Could have met up or missed each other. Now, you know, we got like GPS mind meld. We know where, you know, exactly where the other person is. Angus is just ambling around town looking for Marie. And I would say you guys do run into each other. No, you know what? Fuck it. Angus, you turn down a street and you see up ahead. Something that looks like a little red creature hopping along the sidewalk. Angus just stops in his tracks and watches the little red creature. It prances along the sidewalk. It looks like it's going to approach the little old lady from behind. Lifts up its little talons. 
you didn't describe it quite that well. What do you mean? A little red creature? It could be an ant. Not that little. How would you see it? Okay, so you see it lift up an arm, the little red creature, reveal its claws, and slashes into the old lady's calf. She shrieks and goes down. Angus rushes forward and grabs the tiny red thing. You remember Steve, but this is not Steve. This is a shorter version of Steve. It is not clothed. It is squirming around trying to slash at you. I squeeze. And you squeeze. Okay, um, give me a kick some ass here. We're not with the intent to kill it, mind. What is your intent if you're not squeezing it to death? Why is everything so violent with you? Just trying to just squeeze it, just no stop. You wish to trap it? Essentially. Okay, act under pressure then. Ah, yes, a wondrous four, which is a failure. It squirms around so it's facing you, opens its mouth, and releases a gout of flame. You take two harm. Hmm, does it ignore armor? Yeah, you take two harm. I'm not wearing armor. I still only take one. And it wriggles free from your grasp. Stop it. It... (laughs) Did it just hiss at me? Yeah. Oh, is that how it's going to be? And I guess goes to snatch it again. Okay, give me another act under pressure there. Aha, nine. I make success. Worst outcome, hard choice, price to pay. Okay, I'll say you manage to pick him up and trap him in your hands, but then he starts cackling. And when you look up, you see a whole pile of his friends. Just spilling out of the doorway nearby and converging on you. You take two harm, ignore armor, as they flock over you and the little old lady with claws slashing everywhere. I just start grabbing fistfuls of them and throwing them against the wall. Okay, you hear some squelchy noises as body impacts against solid objects. I guess act under pressure one more time, right? Well, I mean, now I'm actually trying to hurt them, so... Okay, kick some ass then. Let's see if we can kill them. Or if they outnumber you and take you down. Like the dog you are. Ha, that's ten. Success! You know what? I'm going to use the bane that I've been awarded by Sean. I hate you. S-E-A-N, a.k.a. Grissom. Because he knows how much I wanted to, like, try and kill you. So that's a minus one to that roll, making it a nine. It's success. So you guys just exchange harm. Okay, so you take another two harm, and what kind of damage do you do to them? And I'll treat them as a swarm. Uh, two plus one. Hold on here. Oh, uh, two plus four. Harm. Oof. You knock out a good two-thirds of them with your bestial fury. Is the woman still alive? She's not moving. Okay. The remaining two hiss at you. I'm I'm going to uh, hoist up the old lady and beat it out of there. 
Okay, act under pressure as you attempt to run away. Ah, the six. What a failure. Ah, love it, love it, love it. Okay, one of them slashes at your calf, doing just one harm to you, and you trip and go down. The uh, little old lady goes flying and rolls and rolls and rolls to the end of the sidewalk. His friend jumps on top of her and starts slashing into her body. So I don't take any harm then? Sorry? You took one. But I suffer one harm less. Then no harm for you. Just a bruised ego. And near but a scratch on your calf. I'm going to reach down and beat on the one that's on me. Okay. Kick some ass to beat this demonic little creature. 14. Advanced success. So just a success. Okay, remember, if it's a success on kick some ass, you have some extra effects. What one would you like? I should point out that he's only going to do one harm to you, so you probably don't need to suffer less harm. uh, You would soak that up. I'm going to take plus one forward. Yeah, you can do that. So on your next roll, you can take plus one. Mm -hmm. And another four damage, I guess. How how would you say you would uh, dispatch of this demonic creature? Magus would reach down with his little hand hands, snatch it around its body, bring it kind of up to his face, and just squeeze the life out of it until yeah, pretty much its head pops. Gore and ichor, just like a zit, pops over your hands. Angus will grin toothly and turn to the remaining impish thing. Oh, he's gone. He's gone. He's off. Can I tell where he went? Investigate a mystery. Since there's one question in there. Eight. A mixed success. Thank God. One question. Where did it go? You see a blood trail. Little tiny footprints that have scampered off up the street. It looks like it's towards the sheriff's office. But if you are you following it or are you staying put? I'm uh, going to in a moment. I'm going to check on the lady first. Okay, so you check on her, she's dead. Now I'll give chase. She slashed up like ribbons, man. Nothing left of her. You gave chase. The bloody footprints uh, get sparser as, you know, it runs out of blood, obviously, to track along the sidewalk. But it eventually seems to lead towards what passes as City Hall in Springfield. But you're not too sure where it went from there. All right. I'm going to backtrack to the sheriff's office. Remember, you're covered in blood. Backtrack to the sheriff's office. And you encounter Marie and a little blonde boy. Did you kill someone? Oh, God, that's a lot of blood. No, it's not mine. Something attacked a lady in the alley back there. And he's just wide-eyed. <laughs> Marie, you got to get deputy witness out here. It's something he... Specializes in. Oh yeah, the the wood that's been uh, falling on people. I'll I'll go get him. I'll bring Joel with me. Joel reluctantly follows you into the sheriff's office. Deputy Winters looks up as he notices you enter, and he kind of 
slumps a little bit before getting to his feet and approaching you. What can I do for you? There's a couple things. Um, most pressing, Angus needs to have a word with you. I just had a word with him. Is it a different word? Uh, was he covered in blood when he talked to you, or is that a new thing? Uh, no, he was not. And he just walks right out of the building, straight to Angus. Deputy Winters. What the fuck happened to you? Something attacked a lady in the alley back there. I told you to keep your nose clean. Oh, it's just for the Chinapin Marie. I must get turned around. And then these little red things came out of a shop. And they attacked a lady. And I tried to help her. Right. Is she okay? Do I need to call an ambulance? I think you better call an undertaker. She's dead. Right. Uh, one moment. And he runs back inside and he grabs uh, the deputy and the two of them take off. Uh, to the direction you indicated to deal with that scene. What do you guys do? Shit, he he just left, didn't he? Yep. God damn it. Hey, you started with uh, Angus needs to talk to you and he's covered in blood. That one felt more urgent. (laughs) Marie, I think we should go back to the hotel. You know, about that, we should probably go back to... um... To the Henderson residence first. Why? Just motion to the kid. Angus looks down, down, down at the boy. <laughs> he looks up, up, up at Angus. Oh, just bring him with us. Well, it is my house. Aye, but I'll shower in my hotel room for me to clean up in. Look, I'm sure they're, they have a shower, too. I just got some stuff, so let's just go back there, um, and we we can walk and talk, you know? <laughs> I just pictured Marie walking in with my bag, arms full of groceries into the sheriff's office. Oh, that's absolutely what happened. Um, um, the shower doesn't work in our house. The hotel it is, then. Let's go before they come back. Off to the Springfield Tavern we go. So you guys go in through the front door? Is it possible for Angus to, to, you know, maybe sneak in through a window, something? Sneak in the back? Yeah. Slide right in. Because you're so awful. Slip right between. Well, I mean, he can certainly try. So Marie goes in the front door of the Springfield Tavern with Joel. And an armful of groceries. And an armful of groceries. The guy behind the bar kind of waves out to you. Uh, he looks confused at the little boy. Uh, practicing for future, you know, married families. She just goes up the stairs. Joel follows you up the stairs. The guy doesn't say anything. So you get into the honeymoon suite. Yes, and I shall open windows sure 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 um when you turn around joel is jumping down up and down on the main bed that's fine actually i'll shoo him off of that can i make like a, a rope <laughs> out of the sheets and blankets <laughs> try to help angus up um, i probably have a rope in my bag i have a rope i'll use my rope never mind okay so angus you go around the back of the building and uh 
locate the window, which is higher up than the window to the other room you've climbed into before in the first mystery. You spend some time trying to work out how you might get up there when a rope just kind of suddenly dangles down in front of you. Marie, is that you? Who else would be lowering a rope through the window? Of course it's me. Oh, well, a bunch of weird stuff's happened here today. Just come on. All right, all right. I want, I want anger stacked under pressure. Oh, no. You can always help him out because you've given him the rope, but we'll see how this goes. A nine. A mixed success. Do you want to help him out at all there, Marie, so it's a complete success? Well, yeah, I mean, I got a rope in front of him. Okay, roll help out, so that's cool. Hey, that's a ten. Okay, so you grant him the plus one to his roll. So, Angus, you managed to climb your way up almost effortlessly with the aid of that rope into the honeymoon suite via the window without being seen. Marie, Marie, where art thou, Marie? Yeah, yeah, just go get that stuff off of you. The blood, just go, just go. Hi, that's the plan. This is the biggest bed I've ever seen. And he's bouncing still. Angus stripping as he goes. Goes into the back room. Goes into the ensuite. Showers. His muscles are huge. That's not all. He's a ten-year-old boy. Sean, you you have stooped to new lows. (laughs) I'm keeping that in. Should always keep it in. Anyway. Uh, Marie will, uh, just tell Joel, you know, if you work out, eat right, you could also look somewhat like that. Hey, I found chocolate, he says as he's going through the bedside drawers. Uh, yeah, yeah, you, you have fun with that. Yeah, so he's chowing down on these adult novelty pieces of chocolate. Wait. (laughs) Yeah, hold on. (laughs) Back that up a bit. What do you mean, adult novelty chocolates? Hey, this is the honeymoon suite. You guys got rose petals and champagne and chocolates yesterday. Okay, you never mentioned that the chocolates were like <laughs> adult themed. Oh, this one doesn't taste very nice. Does it taste like that time that one of my mom's boyfriends gave me alcohol? Oh, oh no. Ooh. Oh, no. Okay. Uh, uh, is there a sink? Uh, drink him to a sink. Uh, take him to a hard surface. Uh, open the door of the bathroom. Act under pressure. Oh, God. <laughs> Aye, that's 14. Okay, you managed to pick him up by the shoulders, kick open the bathroom door, and shove him into the shower. No, where would you shove him? I don't shove him into the shower. <laughs> And kind of push him towards the toilet all the while the shower is going in the bathroom. What, what's going on? As an um, emergency, uh, don't mind us. Oh, Marie, what did you do? It was the adult novelty chocolate that we had in our nightstand. Angus kind of parts the curtain just a little bit towards his head to stick out, just his head, mind. Which one? 
I, you know, as I said it, I realized that was, yes. I don't know where to go with that. I. <sighs> no, continue. Go on with what you were saying. Six is out the, out the, uh, past the curtain. What? Don't see chocolates. We have chocolate. <laughs> we don't anymore. It's, um, going down the toilet right now. Jesus. The water turns off. Angus, big ol' arm reaches out, grabs a towel, brings it in, wraps it around himself, waist, comes back out. What would you give him the chocolate for then? He didn't give it to him. He found it, and I just wasn't really, you know, it's a curious kid. Okay? Could he also be killed the cat? Look what we got here. I'm sure he'll be fine. I'll get him a glass of water. Um, maybe soup. Do you like soup? I'll get you some soup. Oh, that looks like pancakes. You have pancakes today. <laughs> pancakes. Yeah. <laughs> Normally, there's no yeah. alcohol in those like little chocolates. <laughs> Did he eat, like, a dozen of them? What happened? Well, I mean, he was just shoving them in. As one would do. <laughs> Sarah! That's what happened when you just shove it in. Yes, I haven't. Gotta be careful. Take your time. I hate all of you. I, I think I'm done. <laughs> How about you stay there just in case, okay? Okay. I'll get you, like, a something to wrap around your shoulders, um, heat up some soup or something. And I have more pancakes, please. You know, I don't think more sugar is a good idea right now, but I'm not your mom, so sure. Put sugar in pancakes? The fuck else do you put in pancakes and then on top of pancakes? What, what do you think syrup is? The blood of fallen Canadians? I don't know. That's maple syrup. I'm talking about like the Aunt Jemima, Gemina, what's the brand name? The Aunt Gemini syrup brand? (laughs) Uh, We didn't have that one in New Zealand, so I have no idea. Aunt Jemima, my goodness. Okay, that's not my fault. That is Joel's fault, because his family all say Aunt Gemina, and now I'm just messed up. I don't know which one it is. Jemima. Jemima, oh my goodness. You guys are so Canadian. Yeah, we were Jemima as well, for names, anyway. Look, man. But then this guy calls Philippa Philippa, so... Felipe? Anyways, yeah, there's a hot plate in here, right? We got cooking utensils? Mm-hmm. Do you? Of course we do. It's a sweet. Microwave pancakes. God, no. <laughs> Sounds disgusting. That would definitely be an act under pressure. As long as you microwave it for long enough, it'll work. And not too long. Never too long. Worst case, we go down. Oh my goodness. Hang on, wait! Go down to the kitchen area, the tavern level. Yeah? Get your heads out of the gutters, you freaks. You are out of control today, Celeste. And we shall ask for a pan. Cake? We could ask for pancakes. That would make things much easier. So do you go? You just go down yourself. <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> no, I'm doing it. 
Yes, I descend down to the first level. <laughs> and what is pancakes? If they have them. Uh, hey, barkeep, can we get some pancakes, please? The syrup? Uh, yeah, syrup, whipped cream, maybe... Do you have apples? Can you, like, slice an apple or something? Sure. Oh, uh, do you want me to send it on up? Uh, yeah, that, that'd be great, yeah. Um, about that kid. Uh, yeah. Um, the rumor is only paid for two of you. Uh, yeah, he's not staying. We're just, um, babysitting for a while. Gotta, you know, practice what it's like to have a kid. And apparently kids like pancakes, so now we know. You want to manipulate him? Oh, so much manipulation. Yeah, well, I mean, you're a married couple, not local. Somehow you bring home a kid. Yeah, I mean, that's a nine. So he somewhat believes me, right? Yeah, how are you, how are you going to persuade him that there's nothing going on here? Yeah, Marie. How are you going to persuade him? Did you take the crooked move that would let you know what he would want? Probably not. I have driver, friends on the force, and then the stone thing. And then I have uh, the pluses to some moves. Okay. Skills. Um, can I just, like, slide a 50 <laughs> across the bar to him? Yep, he kind of glances down at it, puts his hand on it, and slides it away into his pocket. This is so shady. Pancakes with whipped cream, syrup, and apple slices it is. Hey, thanks, you're the best. I'll just go upstairs. Okay. A while later, you guys uh, delivered pancakes. What do you intend to do now? Contemplate our decisions. Our decisions? My goodness. I'm over here trying to save people's lives and shit, battling monsters. You're kidnapping children and inducing vomiting. So, Marie, this, these creatures that attacked that lady look an awful lot like your friend, Steve. Quick note. Uh, Sarah, did I, did we figure out what happened to the stone? No, you just know that, uh, Hendrix lost it. Yeah, did we ever see Hendrix again? Because Marie would have kicked some ass. No. Oh, what a dick. Hear that, Ollie? Character was a dick. (laughs) (laughs) The last time you guys saw Hendrix, the person, was at the gymnasium, I believe. Right, uh, Steve, you know, I, he'd probably be really helpful right now, but um, I haven't really caught up with uh, Hendrix, so not really too, too sure about that. Well, apparently there's many more Steve running around. Where did you find him in the first place? The kid, I found him at his place. Uh, Steve, I found him in a, in a rock. Found him in a rock? Yeah, yeah. And where did you find this rock? Funny story. Remember that house I was telling you about earlier? The, the one where I uh, lost contact with my friend? Just stole the rock? Yeah. Yeah. My vampire. Yes. Oh. Well, I come in a couple things then in our current situation. You know, speaking of current situations, um, I'm assuming we're like off in the side room. While Joel's in, like, the main room. Eating pancakes. 
Marie will lower her voice further and uh, whisper to Angus. Uh, so, you know, Sasha Henderson, uh, apparently she hasn't been home in like four-ish days. And, you know, like not really one of the best kinds of people. Really like distrusting of law enforcement and also, you know, selling drugs is also not great, really. I'm so proud of you. I you think maybe she's one of the missing people then. Well, I mean, obviously she's missing. She's gone for a lot of days. But she's tied in somehow with what's going on. Well, I mean, you said that the sheriff, I mean, Deputy Winters um, said that the homeless guys around the bridge would go missing and that they would be, like, messed up or something. So I'm thinking maybe she went down there for, like, a party and just, you know, never never came back. Aye, it's possible. I would have thought that Sheriff Deputy Winters would have mentioned her. Maybe he doesn't know. She's not reported as missing yet. Uh, yeah, she doesn't have the best uh, view of the law. She told Joel to not talk to the deputy, because otherwise he might get taken away, and that like all police officers are like bad, and, like liars and stuff. So doubtful she had a like great relationship with law enforcement. I I can't imagine why. Perhaps we should let Deputy Winters know. Yeah, I was going to tell him, but then you were covered in blood, so that seemed to be a priority. Oh, how touching. Look, I I didn't know if you, like, hurt someone. Like, you're all... And she'll, like, wave her hand ambiguously. You're all, like, werewolfy, right? I don't know, if it's, it's like, a full moon soon? Like, is... Did you ever explain if that's how that worked? I did, and that is not how it works. Are you sure, though? Because, like, a lot of the stories say that's how that works. I think there's a lot of stories out there. Mostly myth. All right, I'm, like, I'm pretty sure that's how that works, but... All right, if you don't... If you don't want to admit it, that, you know, it's, like, out of your control, it's fine. Why? How silly of me. Clearly I must have forgot something. No, clearly you just don't trust me enough to, to tell me. Angus just sighs and shakes his head. Honeyway, what about the boy? What are we going to do with him? I mean, we could take him to Deputy Winters. Maybe they have, like, a place for kids in his scenario, situation. I don't know about that. During my discussion with Deputy Winters, it seems like this town doesn't care for anything that doesn't fit its little image. It doesn't care about the homeless, or even the petty criminals that are disappearing. I don't know. What would happen to the boy, an orphan now, perhaps, uh, if he got turned over? We could talk to Deputy Winters and see what he says, but it seems like the uh, sheriff is a bit uh, dodgy. Yeah, I was kind of afraid of that. Um, it's like we can't send him back to his place. There's like, doesn't have any water, so that seems kind of, kind of like you know a necessity. Um. So I guess, like, he has to stay here, maybe? Stay here? You just said that the sheriff seems dodgy. I just said that where he lives isn't currently fit for living. Where else is he going to go? Do you want him to sleep on the streets? No. And given all that's happened, he might be safer with us. And that's saying a lot. Yeah, we don't exactly have the best track record. What do we do now? Do we, like, try to summon Meadow? 
tell her about the little demon things on around attacking people. I'm surprised she didn't just flutter down from the sky when they were attacking that lady. Yeah, it was just a mortal, as she put it. It's weird. Hey, what worries me is that if you got that stone with the infinite from a vampire's mansion, perhaps the abundance of imps in the area could indicate even more vampires. I don't really like the sound of that. As you well shouldn't. I think our next step should be to talk to Deputy Winters, however. At least not to know what we've seen so far. You hear a couple of thumps coming from the other room. Oh, what's that boy doing now? Rush out to the main room. Okay, the first thing you see in the main room is Eremitha, standing there in all her brilliant divine glory. It's like she's coming through the window. My allies told me that you had dealt with demons. Oh, speak of the devil, as it were. She snarls at you. Temper, temper. I am no such thing. Indeed. But I, I, we dealt with the little imps, or at least I did, in the alleyway. Yes, it seems they have become quite brazen. I was dealing with demons at the old lady land bridge. Were they the same ones? They are a plague of little imps. Where do they come from? I've been told that I should trust you. I'm not so certain yet. Well, that makes two of us, then. I, however, uh, trust my allies, so Springfield is built over... Say Indian Barrel Ground. Sorry, what? I'm waiting for you to say Indian Barrel Ground. <laughs> Springfield is built over an old demonic gateway. It was sealed away many centuries ago, and I played a small part in it. However, there are fissures and cracks that are appearing in the seal. And with every mortal death, it weakens further. Aye, if there's over time, it's worn down. Is there any way to fix it? Perhaps. But it would be very dangerous for all involved. I am not sure if you would survive. Well, as it stands, if these demons and imps continue to plague the town, I don't think anyone's going to survive. Yes, they appear to be the smallest demons who are able to fit through the cracks in the seal. But something is probably controlling them, leading them out. That is the demon I am more concerned with. Aye. Any idea where this Pike Piper may be? I sense his presence everywhere, but I have not yet been able to locate him. It is possible he has hidden himself among you. Why? I feel that as well. What do you know about the sheriff? I know very little of the mortals in this town other than my immediate allies. Aye, it seems to me that something smells mighty fishy about him. That is true. Then you should have the angry one look into him. Marie? Oh, what's up? 
I do not know any of your names. No. The the male mortal of the town. Look, there's a lot of guys here, so maybe you should, like, care a little more and, like, learn people's names. That is none of my concern. I am only here to rid this town, this whole earth, of this demonic plague. Well, not for nothing. Perhaps you should care a little more, because without the mortals to worship, you have nothing. Do I look like I need your worship? I mean, where do you get your, like, powers from? Is it, like, solar power? Do you get it from the sun? Do you have, like, a turbine under your armor? My powers are fueled by my own belief, by my own righteousness, and by following my own code. It's like a fallen angel, then. I have been called many things by mortals over the years. That has been one of them. Angus scouts. Nay, I've heard of your kind before. And I too know of your kind. Indeed. We'll go speak with Deputy Winters. That was our plan, regardless. They will know how to contact me if I am needed, but until then I will patrol from the air. And she turns, climbs out the window, and just flies off into the sky. Man, she is so different. I really, I don't like this. I don't like this side of her. Hey, that's something I don't like about her. It's kind of got this, like, I mean, it kind of makes sense, but like, this holier than thou, you know, like, I don't know, just comes off kind of bitchy. I don't know. If <laughs> you like get wide, I'd look over at the kid. Uh, you didn't, you didn't hear that. Uh, the kid is not there. Oh fuck! <laughs> oh no! Where's the boy? Um, by the empty plate on the table, you see a note. Ah, uh, he heard us talking, didn't he? Read the note. Yeah, what's the note say? It says, I've gone to find my mum. Thank you for the pancakes. Signed, Joel. Wow. And this is why Marie usually makes anger steel with you of today. So yay, I got to use a bane against Sean. If you want to make my day, because my birthday is coming up, then please gift us boons or banes, and we'll send you an official sticker and activity sheet. Go to kofi.com, which is ko-fi.com forward slash Wolf. A huge thanks to everyone who has liked, rated, reviewed, and retweeted our podcast. This helps our little indie podcast grow and find more listeners. You can find other ways to support us by visiting our website. That's readgatingwolf.com. It also has info on our characters as well as links to our chat room and socials. We end this episode with a trailer for a New Zealand actual play D&D podcast. If you like my accent, then you should totes check them out after the beep. That leaves me with just one more thing. Thanks for listening. Beep! Hey, I'm Brad, and if you like D&D, and fantasy stories with lots of magic, adventure, strange beasts, and oddball characters, and comedians with New Zealand accents, then oh boy, have I got just the show for you. The Fate of Ison is a podcast that has, wait for it, all of those things. Remember those things I mentioned? It's got all of them! 
Now go listen to The Fate of Ison because it's good and you deserve good things. Fate of Ison, a proud member of the Necropodicon Network. Necropodicon. Hard to pronounce, easy to listen. everything about you. I want you to know that.